This episode is brought to you by Shopify. Whether you're selling a little or a lot, Shopify helps you do your thing, however you cha-ching. From the launch your online shop stage, all the way to the we just hit a million orders stage. No matter what stage you're in, Shopify's there to help you grow. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash special offer, all lowercase. That's shopify.com slash special offer. D-O-I in apostrophe, I-T-W-I-T, H-T-A-N-N-Y, and J-E-N-N-Y. Doing it with Danny Jenny. One day I'll hear that song and I won't cry, but that day is not today. It's, it's not going to be any time in the near future, I can tell you that much. Um, and you know what makes me want to cry today is our guest. What did he do to you? Look, between me and the Lord, okay? okay. Got nothing. <laughs> we have, a, we have a fucking Oscar-nominated guest today. We do. We have our, we, this, Not since I think we had Meryl Streep did that. Drunk with us on the show as this happened. But we have Trayvon Free. The great Trayvon Free. A returning guest. Yeah, I was going to say, this is the very first time that we've had a guest come back. Usually they don't want to. (laughs) (laughs) We've actually never, we've never asked a guest to come back. All this time? No, we've never asked anyone except for you. (laughs) (laughs) Natalie Maines came back, but that's only because I fucked up the first one. (laughs) That's because he's, he stepped on the equipment, Trayvon. And I we had him. recorded the whole podcast. This was at my house. I told him. To go, I'm going to go to the bathroom. Crunch. No. You just heard the. <laughs> <laughs> well, Trayvon, congratulations. If you, for those of you who don't know Trayvon Frey, he's just like, first of all, just an amazing dude. But apart from that funny comedy writer, came up through like The Daily Show, um, is, took Hollywood by storm, and um, has made a short film and... I don't know what your experience is, Jenny, when people show you their, say, hey, I'm doing a short film. Yeah. It's like, they're, first of all, most of the time they feel much longer yeah. <laughs> than they ought to be. It's sort of like, hey, you should come to my improv show. Um, I, and like when someone exceptions. says long story short and you're like, really? Yeah. And there's a couple exceptions, obviously. But man, Trayvon shot a, a short film that I almost don't want to tell too much about because I don't want to ruin it for him, but it's called Two Distant Strangers. And I, I, it's honestly one of the, not only is it like a fantastic short film, it's one of the best short films I've ever seen. I agree. It, like it, it, it shook me. I thought about it. I still think about it. So yeah. congratulations, Trayvon. Yeah. Thanks so much, man. I mean, look, I've come a long way from writing about you in uh, Funny or Die. You <laughs> sure have. Sure. Uh, yeah, I mean, I met, I met Trayvon at the improv with you, Jenny, when we were yeah. doing the Twitter awards. And this giant African American <laughs> young kid who looked about 14, even though he was like seven feet tall, came up to me and said, Hey, I'm an admirer of your work. Do you need a black friend? And I thought that I never had anybody say that to me and I could always use another black friend. So I said, yeah, you know what? I'm in the market for another black friend. He's like, I would like to be your black friend. And then we laughed and I thought nothing of it. (laughs) And then suddenly 
I get a message from him. It's like uh, with like, a link and it's on Funny or Die. And he wrote me a series of essays. This is when he's like a little comic. It's like to Danny Zucker from your black friend, just talking about our friendship and how it would be. It was the funniest fucking thing I'd ever heard. And so it was never a surprise that this guy was going to be like a hit. But um, I even this amount of uh, uh, of successes is, is, is shocking. And I'll say one. And I'll say one last thing. This is how I know you, Trayvon. And I've talked to other my friends, and this is a measure of how like much I care about somebody is that when I read about their good fortune, I'm not consumed with hatred, but like, I feel the success. Like I, and, and it was like, not like, and let alone like somebody I know gets an Oscar nomination. Normally that would start me cutting myself. (laughs) But with, with you, I'm just like beaming with pride. I just like, I'm so fucking happy for you. I do you remember also when we were, it was at the Emmy Awards and I was not nominated. I was just a guest. And when Trayvon won for the Daily Show. Yeah. And I remember like standing up, they were like Daily Show. And I was so excited and I stood up, like I was just standing up and I look and then just like one row over the other person standing up was Danny. And we yeah. were like two, <laughs> we were both just smacking our hands together. Like Trayvon, he did it. That's my friend. I was so excited. And I, I don't have any jealousy either. I'm with you. So now let's let the Oscar winner talk. Tell me what this week has been like for you. Oh, Oscar nominee, eventual Oscar. winner. Sorry. Eventual winner, yeah. It was a, I, I didn't sleep much the last couple of days. Uh, I think I got, I think I woke up at 4.30 on Monday morning and then I couldn't go back to sleep. So I kind of just laid in bed for another half hour. And then I got up at five because they, they do the announcements at 519 for some reason. I <laughs> they choose that number or, or what the reason is for it. But 519, you got to be ready at 519. And well, that, that's my birthday. That's probably why. <laughs> <laughs> and, uh, you know, we all, my, my co-director spent the night over with his wife and his dog. And we all piled into my office and turned on the YouTube link. And uh, we sat in front of in front of my phone camera waiting for for Nick Jonas to read the novel <laughs> and it was funny because the night before we were sitting outside and I and I figured out there was an, an alphabetically statistical way of knowing if we were going to be nominated or not once they started reading the nominees because of the because of the where we fell in the 10 nominees and order and they read them in alphabetical order on, on the announcement. And so there was a letter B, there was a D, there was an F, and then there was an H, and, I, and we were number eight. And so I knew from all the lists that people had been making for their predictions, you know, where we would fall based on those like same nominees being picked. And right. so when the first choice was feeling through, uh-huh. I literally, if you watch the video, you can see me almost say, we, we got in. Yeah. I, I, I stopped myself from saying it because I didn't want it to be in the video. And literally, like, there we were. It was like, they read the rest of the nominees and Pedro's movie wasn't there. And when I didn't see Pedro's movie, I was like, oh, shit. <laughs> and then, yeah. And then uh, he said our name and we just all just shouted and jumped and oh. like, went crazy. It's a yeah, great- and, and if you don't follow Trayvon, you should follow him on everything. But on Instagram, you posted the video 
Yeah. Danny, have you seen it? Oh my God. It is so- I was crying. <laughs> I was sobbing. Trayvon, it reminded me, remember that movie, that thing you do, that like, uh, oh. it was about the one hit wonders, uh, like, and it was like, uh, but in that movie, there's this scene, I always think about it, and you reminded me of it so much. It's the first time they hear their one hit on the radio. Like they're all, yeah. running, and they're all like, get it. And that, you had the energy of that times 10. Man, we were so nervous. It was like the weirdest calm nervousness. Yeah. We're just so nervous that you're not, you don't even feel it. Yeah. Because you're like, what am I going to do if I don't hear it? <laughs> like, yeah. you're just not prepared for it. And yeah. so you'd be like, I'm going to delete this video that we're recording. That's I know, right? That's the same. <laughs> you have it on video. <laughs> but um, no, it was that whole day from that moment on, it was just endless phone calls and texts. We ended up doing, uh, we got two immediate interview requests, like just during that whole process and I hadn't slept I think I slept two hours that whole day and then uh that next that following night so Monday night I still really only slept like maybe four or five I I just couldn't go to sleep it was just so much energy and so much like just like still trying to process of like oh wow this is like this isn't the Emmys like this is the Oscars like this is (laughs) They put this on the on the billboards and the posters, like when you when you do yeah. shit. Yeah. <laughs> hey, let's not shit on Emmys. Let's let's be yeah. cool here. <laughs> <laughs> no, Emmy, look, Emmys Emmys are fantastic, but it's Trayvon's about to egot. It's so much. Happen. It's so much harder. <laughs> oh, it's like, so much harder. I mean, when you think about what I think, what really makes it feel so crazy is we we did all this from typing the first word to nomination in eight months. Yeah. That's and, crazy. And so like to go from last July, like the prep for the movie was two weeks. The whole the whole production really was two weeks last summer. And during the five pandemic, days of shooting. Yeah. During the pandemic, by the way. Yeah, during the pandemic. And so you know, five days of shooting during the pandemic and then trying to get everything done in time you know editing them deciding we'll when we're going to stop you know trying to make the movie perfect and editing the movie and actually like call it finished and hoping that that was like a good enough uh (laughs) a good enough job and get it submitted to the academy we submitted to sundance and the academy because those are the only two things left that we could actually make for the season and uh we didn't get into sundance um, are you serious that didn't get into Sundance yeah they, they sent us their rejection email <laughs> oh my god that's gonna be like well, the- they gotta feel stupid as fuck now <laughs> <laughs> that's uh, fucking amazing what a stool I mean I've saved every re- I still have my like Saturday Night Live rejection email <laughs> somewhere framed I, I mean I'm all but that's like that's like that's a that's wild that the, I can't imagine they saw a short film better than yours. I'm just sorry. I know yeah. I love you and I know you're my friend, but they didn't. No, we yeah. felt we felt the same way. We were we all thought like, come on guys, we'll for sure give them a Sundance, right? I mean, we obviously like we think the movie's good, but we think it's good enough to at least be like one of the best shorts made in this crazy year. For and, sure. You know, we the 
like the day after we submitted for the Oscars, we got there like, sorry guys, you know, there were a lot of shorts this year and blah, 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 email and yeah. like, okay, whatever. Yeah. Well, we still got the big prize and, you know, here we are still in that race, which is so funny. It's also funny because my co-director, his last short got nominated for an Oscar and it also didn't get into Sundance. <laughs> Well, maybe it's his fault. Maybe he did something to somebody. <laughs> <laughs> he took somebody's parking spot or something. Right? What did Martin do to the Sundance people? Right. You know, what's it's crazy good. about that, even beyond that, though, is because you're submitting at a real cultural moment. I mean, for those who, I'm, I'm not going to give too much away, but it's it, it deals with like a lot of what we, you know, everybody was marching for this, you know, uh, you know, the, you know, justice and, police brutality and all that. And, and it's also, when I tell you it's done in a very almost funny and strange and heartbreaking way, that's why I want you to see it without talking too much about it. But given that you're in that cultural touchstone right there in the moment, you think even in an opportunistic way, it would have, I mean, they, so they're actively saying no. It's just like, yeah, wow. yeah. it's crazy. They, should. they saw okay. 40 or 50 better shorts apparently so well there's literally no one else that can say like oh what did you do during the quarantine like, <laughs> <laughs> i feel like such a loser but, well you got nominated for an oscar made a like powerful film and i did a couple puzzles you know <laughs> <laughs> i did a puzzle a puzzle danny i've been doing the podcast that's cool like, yeah. you got, how did your family react like what was how, how was that phone um, call they they all funny enough literally called right after the announcement so it was like everyone was calling at the same time and I couldn't even we were like on a zoom with all the other producers and then there's like the window open of the the announcement and then my phone is ringing on my computer and on my phone it was just it was it was a lot my mom my mom just kept saying I told you so which she always <laughs> says and I'm like yeah mom but I can't believe it till it happens <laughs> But every mom says, I told you so. Right. I, thought, I thought it was bullshit. Right. I actually am an Oscar nominee. <laughs> yeah, you can't believe it until you hear, hear your name. And you think like, oh, and I always thought Nick Jonas was going to be the one to make my dream come true. <laughs> right. <laughs> it's, always, it's funny, too, when you think about anytime you've won an award, like who presented it to you or who. Right. Like, when I think about the Emmys, I'm like, oh, I got one from Mindy Kaling and... <laughs> The dude from uh, my what's that? What was that show? It was on I think NBC, and he was like an office job guy, but also like a spy or some something like oh, that. Oh yes, it, um, Chuck. Yeah, yeah, uh, yeah. I forget the yeah, I forget the full name of the show, but that that actor and Mindy mm-hmm. Kaling was the first one, and then it was Common <laughs> the second time. It was like you just feel connected to them forever in some kind of way. It's like every time you see Common, you're like. Oh, yeah, remember that time you you probably don't remember, but yeah, you presented an award for me. <laughs> yeah, I can only I remember like Amy Poehler, and I can't remember anybody else. I, I like even as you were saying that, I can't remember any of that. Boy, this is a the douchiest conversation <laughs> anybody's ever had. <laughs> Holy shit! I usually do this as a bit. Yeah. <laughs> well, I'll okay. tell you to, to make it douchey and stupid. When I got a Twitter award, this is my favorite thing. When I got the Queen of Twitter, whatever Meta World Peace presented me with the award that's right (laughs) and then i spent like 10 minutes asking him why i left the rockets and i just gave him shit the whole time (laughs) i think that wins for sure but actually but no but like nick jonas you think of like 
if you run into him, you're gonna be like, hey, thanks a lot, man. If you don't know. The him. only other time <laughs> I ran into Nick Jonas was with his his Jonas brothers, and they thought I was their security guard. <laughs> That's really. It was at a it was at a recording studio, and they. I were, hope you just went with it. They were waiting for a security guard that they had hired to arrive. And now you I, should just. Going, I was going to a different studio, and they were like, "Oh, are you are you our new uh, our new bodyguard?" And I was like, "Nope, but I'm looking <laughs> for a job, so if <laughs> I can be." They were they were getting ready to go on their like big Jonas World tour or whatever. This was like 2011, I think. That's um, what if you just went with it? Yeah, you should talk to your team. You <laughs> went on their tour before they found out. Like, yeah, we got. <laughs> yeah, I'm here with the package. Yeah. <laughs> That, that is a funny movie frame. It's just like pretending to be some rock stars. <laughs> You've gone on a whole world tour and there's somebody sitting back at their place going, I got hired. I did. Like, I remember, like somebody said, and I went and they were gone. The bus, they took off, man. Now, I know, like, so the two stars of it, obviously, are Andrew Howard and Joey Badass. Did you, did, uh, you know, and, you know, Andrew, we have a connection to because obviously uh, is uh, Lauren's long, Lauren Savon's long-term boyfriend and, 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 and all of that happening. Did, did you, I, I'm, I'm assuming you started with Joey Badass, though. I'm sure, was that like, what? No. no. I started with Andrew and Zaria. They were the beginning. Oh, really? Of, yeah, Andrew was actually the very first person I told when I when I, I had the IV. Well, he was the first person I told outside of like the one or two people I told the idea who I was like, I think I'm thinking about doing this. But when I actually cemented it, he was the first person I told like, I want you to be in this thing I'm writing. Mm -hmm. And he just said yes, without even reading it. Yeah, he's fantastic. And I like, I love Andrew to pieces and he did a great performance. He is, he is, he is, he brings such like weird menace to it at all times. And almost like, like the the way, like you're watching a cat, like a a malicious cat (laughs) toy with a mouse. And, 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 and it's like, and he plays all the different levels of it. And I mean, I, it's, I think he's good in every single thing he does. I've never seen Andrew be bad, but I think he's spectacular. Yeah. yeah he, I mean, watching him do those takes, he did something like a little different each time. And everyone, after the first take of the, the like ending scene with him and Joey. Yeah. And we shot that scene on the first day. Really? And yeah. And everyone was like, holy shit, man. Like everyone just looked around each other. Like everyone got chills after he did that first monologue take. And we were just like, wow. Like that was when I knew like, oh, this is going to be good. Like if we do this right, like with that level of acting, like this is going to be good. And, you know, him and, him and Joey, I mean, him and Zari don't really have any scenes outside of the, when he, kills her her romantic partner yeah but him and joey just had such a great like rapport with each other because they got to spend a lot of time together leading up to actual filming and you know there's so many there's so much stuff that didn't make the movie just for time that they just improvised and ripped that was so good um and then joe like joey came after probably a week or so into August because uh-huh. a friend of mine James Samuels was directing his movie The Heart of They Fall for Netflix at the time uh-huh. and he was just helping me produce the hell out of this movie because he just has so many 
connections and know so many people. And he had auditioned Joey for uh, Heart of They Fall and he couldn't do it because of his schedule with uh, the power spinoff that he's shooting. And so he's like, you need Joey Badass. And I was like, I don't know Joey Badass. <laughs> like, I, I, I like his, his, his acting work, but I don't know him. And then he hangs up and calls me back with Joey on three-way FaceTime. And Joey's wow. like, yeah, I'm in. And I don't know what he told him, but he just like agreed to do the movie Sight Unseen. Wow. You should have called me. I'm, I'm friends with his mother, Sylvia Badass. <laughs> and, I was gonna uh, say, that, what a great name, too. I love his name. <laughs> but, I, but also, like, he, his performances. His performance is, he's so, there, every single, there's not a false move in that performance at all, from the frustration to the resolve to like the romantic stuff up front. It's like all of it is just like, it's really like, there's certain performances that feel voyeuristic because like, do they know I'm watching them? It's so natural. <laughs> and, and, and he, and you got, it's to your, credit to your direction too, but it was just fantastic. Oh yeah, he, he, re- he worked really hard to find, that character because you know his natural demeanor is so much joey badass yeah. like he's just this really cool laid-back rapper yeah <laughs> and carter the character is not that at all no he's and a yuppie so, he's yeah like- he, he's just like this kind of like shy nerdy like a little bit of just like just a, a nerdy kind of cartoonist dude who you know can't even talk to a girl without really like <laughs> getting nervous and so he had to work to get to there because his you look at the roles he's played in other shows and they're not too far off from you know his natural persona and this required him to to arc to that Um, insecure like to, 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 to delve in which is sort of in the end there's there's not a ton of insecure rappers there's no, there's no one saying like, I don't know, I'm a pretty okay MC. Like you don't ever see that. <laughs> right. He uh, he definitely. There was a, there was always like the first take or two where he had to shake off Joey Badass to like <laughs> to become Carter, but you know when he did it, you would watch the the monitor and you'd be like, man, like this is this is such a like great thing to see happening and. He he were he he took it very seriously. He would like before we started shooting, we would get together, go through the script. He would like find the character in the lines and the delivery, and he wasn't gonna just show up and be like, "I'm gonna read it how I'm gonna read it," which was like my quiet fear of like, what if he just doesn't give a shit and wants to do whatever he wants to do, and I have no like. Yeah. Every time I hire an actor, it's like <laughs> I, 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 I understand. <laughs> and but no, like him and. <clears throat> Zarya helped him a lot with, you know, getting comfortable and finding his rhythm. And, you know, it was, it was the three of them were just fantastic together. Terrific. It was, it was, it was, I mean, it's so deserved. It's like, it's so, it's so deserved. You, so. I mean, you really created something special and I'm so glad that you're getting the recognition. Fuck Sundance. Thank you. You're getting the real recognition from the Academy. And that's, yeah. if I had I to mean, pick I, between the two, I'd pick the one you just got. Yeah. If I had to have a choice, you should have gotten both. But if I give you, yeah, I can go with the Oscar. I yeah, I'll, I'll take that one. I mean, according to, funny enough, right before this call, I was looking at a BuzzFeed had a thing up about letting you pick who's going to win each category. Yeah. <laughs> and uh, we were winning, <laughs> which is cool. I'm like, can you, can we put the BuzzFeed voters into the Academy? Cause... Oh my God. I, 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 I've spent an embarrassing amount of time looking at those 
horse race, those handicappers in when I was like nominated (laughs) for something, it's like, and you realize I'm just listening to some blogger, but I don't give a shit. I'm taking it. Right. Yeah. That's amazing. Uh, I I was actually talking about like, so Andrew, every, when I I remember like first meeting Andrew and then I, I had seen him in things before and Lauren and him met on the set of, I believe it was taken three, you know, Lauren will play a reporter. And she was like, well, he's a bad guy. And I remember meeting him. I'm like, do they just issue you a tracksuit (laughs) for every role? Because he always plays a guy like he he's the nicest person and he always plays a bad guy. That's what was funny. It was just like, he's so nice. But for some reason, I knew he was the perfect Officer Merc. Like, I just knew he could be everything I wanted that person to be, even though he's just like. I don't know what it is about him. He's the nicest person, but he just does that so he, well. He killed, like, I, him and, uh, and Perry Mason, like, I don't know if you saw him and Perry Mason, he was the worst person. Oh my God, he's like, Perry, he was <laughs> awful, like, just terrible. And I'm like, how is that guy the sweetest, like, he's a sweetheart. I'm watching this performance. It's like, that. His he's good. And I, Joey Badass, the whole thing was just, amazing and it's something that I'm so proud of you like I'm so proud I know you're proud too but it's just such an exciting thing to it it really was like one of those experiences where I mean I don't know if you had that same experience with the beginning of Modern Family where you make a thing and yeah. you hope it's like well received and then it becomes like it just takes on a life of its own and you're like oh my god everyone loves our show everyone loves are like we have the number one show on TV. Holy shit! Yeah. Like, how did like how did this happen? Like, we wanted this to happen. Obviously, it's why we made the show. But yeah. it never actually happens. Yeah. No. It was, no. It was strange. It was strange to go to like my kids' soccer game and hear people quoting lines from the night before, not knowing I was. It was like holy shit. We're like a a touchstone. And I mean, you're like I know that's what you're experiencing right now with this. And yeah, it's special. I mean, you, you know you you're you're lucky to like anybody's lucky to have it at all like you could i was perfect you know i was late into my career of a good career before any of that had happened right and so you're you just feel very you feel very fortunate and i don't know and it i'm just, i'm i it gives me hope that like people who actually deserve it are being recognized because that doesn't yeah. always happen and sometimes people who i don't think deserve it are recognized a little too much <laughs> and so uh so i guess i feel that way you know i just Oh, sorry. Do you have anything else on that, Jenny? Oh, I was, yeah, I was going to say, like, when you, you know, when, when nominations are announced, the first thing, you know, you always start seeing is the biggest snubs of, mm-hmm. you know, somebody got snubbed, somebody got snubbed. And it's like, yes. And, and, and I always, I, cause it's remarkable to me that anyone would have this kind of confidence to, to like verbally say they were snubbed. <laughs> like, you know, I'm like, well, did it ever occur? You weren't good enough. Like <laughs> maybe like that's, they only have so many nominations or whatever. I think I would have lost my shit if you didn't get a nomination. <laughs> like, oh, I was like, I would have torn shit up. Like, I would have, like, absolutely, I would have gone bananas. Yeah, snub wouldn't be a strong enough word for how I, I would have felt if you didn't get a nomination. Like, uh, no, Damon uh, Lindelof texted me the, the night before, the day before, and he says, if you don't get nominated, I'm going to destroy everything. <laughs> <laughs> By all means, I will be by your side. <laughs> That's really, that is super funny. Well, I, I, just to, you know, to change gears, I know you, I, I, I want to talk about your photography because I haven't talked yeah. to you since, since like um, the, the BLM protests, you know, became like this, this 
beyond overdue cultural uh, moment. Yeah. But at first, just as a, just talking as a white dude and with a white family, I don't think anything expressed that moment that I read or saw more than your photos. I, I, they, they yeah. were, Hey, watch this, look at these and shut the fuck up and, 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 and march and, 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 and be a supporter. And what was the process behind all of those? Did you like, can, can you talk about that? Cause your emotion came through, through that frame. Like I Very felt much so. Yeah. I mean, it was, you know, I started doing street in New York when I was still living in New York and it was the thing I used to have the most fun doing outside of work. It was such a great stress reliever. And I just enjoyed that feeling you get when you take a photo that you really like. Yeah. And, and it was, you know, when, when Trump got elected, I decided I definitely needed a hobby away from work because I was yeah. frontal. And I'm like, well, if I'm going to be writing about this shit all day, I need to do something that just takes my mind completely away from it. And that was kind of how I like started it. And so once I started shooting protests that would happen in New York, I just really, I just, I just love really good protest photography and like wanted to, you know, do the best I could to get into those situations and find emotional moments or find things that I thought, you know, people would want to actually look at. And when the protests last summer happened, when I like being in LA, I don't get to shoot hardly at all, which I hate because it's just, you can't really shoot street in LA and everyone's driving and it's just, the streets are filled with homeless people and it's just like not uh, <clears throat> a beautiful thing to to take yeah. in that way. And it just makes people sad. And so this was like, finally like a moment to get back out there with my camera and like really, you know, be a part of it, but also be a documentarian of it. Um, And that, that to me felt like something that I could do that would carry on beyond the moment, especially because, you know, we always forget once we get far enough away from it, that it had like no one, no one really talks about last summer in that way anymore. And, you know, you have to remind people that it happened. And, you know, you don't hear, if it weren't for the fact that, like, George Floyd's trial was just starting up, we wouldn't be talking about it in the news again, like, until until like, people felt like they had a reason. So it was also it's just been, that, like, keeping yeah, it. What's been infuriating, though, on that on that is, you know, we have been talking about it, but it's only been in regard to a defense of the Capitol Hill insurrectionists where right. like where they're talking about oh what about all of that vi-, you know the fake vi-, like and it's like and I think for me what I love about your photos as an historical document and 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 what you've done is it's like yeah look at this look what look at the right look at like look at the quiet dignity that you captured in that and I want you to find me one face in that Nazi crowd that has that yeah. And, 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 and I, I mean, I, I think it's even, I think it may be a bigger deal than you're even giving yourself credit for. Cause I think it's, I, it really touched me. I was thinking about it as that was being referred to. I did a, I did a Trump rally too. Uh, the, one of the Beverly Hills ones, which weird. was also yeah. really like weird and strange. <laughs> like yeah. we, were, we were driving home when they first, first started doing them before they became like famous for it. 
And I was like, what are all these Trump people doing here in Beverly Hills? And so we <laughs> pulled over and I actually had on a t-shirt at the time uh, that said cops ruin everything around me. And, uh, and I just happened to have a hoodie in my trunk. So I put the hoodie on and I grabbed my camera and then I just went and immersed myself into the crowd. And I never said a word. We just walked around as I took photos and they just see a person with a camera and they just like, it, if they see you, they'll pose, they'll hold up their sign or hold up their flag. Um, they'll start talking to you about their beliefs about the election and Trump. Yeah. And you never have to say a word. Like they just assume you're on their side because you're there. Yeah. And um, like, they really thought they could win. Like there was one guy who was like, it was like maybe at the time, 50 people there he was like i feel like we can flip california and i was like you are fucking delusional man like there's 50 MAGA people in beverly hills and you think you can flip one of the bluest states in the union (laughs) like okay like i think i think if you get to the point where you think donald trump has my back if you can get to that point you can believe anything like right. if you believe like these broke ass white people who are like who are who are, who are just like who have been told that like this guy this guy you know yeah. it, it, this guy would never let them near his properties. No, well he hung them all out to dry there on January sixth. You know yeah. he, he, he everyone go and then all of a sudden they were just left and now they're all, how many are in prison or in jail waiting trial and he's just crying, killed, crying. Yeah being in jail and how bad it is yeah. <laughs> i'm on organic food have you ever thought about exhibiting those or doing an exhibit i mean maybe it's too close to the event right now but they they're funny enough they're actually up right now in the uh the california museum of photography with uh with bruce davidson but because the museum was closed all of COVID, no one could go see them. <laughs> so they reached out to, to like to do an exhibit and they put them up. But the, it might be open now that they can open back since Monday. Yeah. But all of last year from the time from last summer to up until like last week, you couldn't see them. And so they they reached out and asked me to sign an extension. Oh, wow. to keep them up. So I think they're going to be up pretty much the rest of this year. So. Have you have you had anyone reach out about like publishing a book of your photography? Um, Cuz that would be great. I've, I've had a, I've had some, I've had more people reach out for prints to yeah. buy prints. Um, oh, okay. Which is um which has been cool. I still I'm so I'm so bad at that part of it like the manage it, managing it as like a side thing cuz I don't a lot of work. It's a, it is a lot of work like between shooting, editing and then pilot <laughs> yeah and like all the other work that I have to do it's like it takes a lot of time to like go through photos pick the ones you want to like keep edit the ones you want to look like the way you want to look and like it's hours and hours and hours of work and I rarely have that many hours in succession to do it so it ends yeah. up just sitting around on a card or on my hard drive and I have to go okay I'm going to take an hour or two and just edit these like 10 or 15 photos and then like do that kind of thing so it, you have to now like kind of watermark them so people don't steal your shit <laughs> like you have to almost getty image no it's it's funny because i thought about that like when you see them other places but it, i don't want to like put anything on them like as much as i want to like yeah so like i know 
if anyone needed to trace the ownership of that photo, it only comes back to me. Like I right. can easily prove they're my photos because I own the digital negative. And um, you have a big enough following and your yeah. presence that it's a little. It's like yeah, I'm like you're. you're it would be very hard. Because yeah. I've tried. I've tried to say those are my photos. <laughs> People just did not believe it. No, I've been working with Leica for a few years. They've been a big, you know, supporter of mine. I shoot with their cameras and they've like flown me to Germany to Leica headquarters and Really? Yeah, it's it's a uh, When did you get when did you start like getting into photography? Like when was that? I started taking it I always like had a camera that I like, you know, I, I wanted to shoot. I didn't start taking it seriously until like twenty seventeen. Oh, okay. That was when I really, really started taking it seriously. And the way I made myself do it was I bought an expensive camera. Cause I was like, okay, I'm gonna buy this really expensive camera and I'm either gonna be an asshole letting it sit on the shelf or I'm gonna actually use it. And I just, every I would take it everywhere I went when I was still living in New York. Yeah, you so, had that didn't work. That didn't, that didn't, oh, sorry. That didn't work for my treadmill. <laughs> no, it only, it, only things that don't cause you any type of discomfort. <laughs> <laughs> Well, it's really, I mean, it's just so remarkable with everything that you've accomplished. I mean, you've not just like, I mean, going from the Daily Show, you've done stand-up. You, like, you've literally had your finger in every single thing. It's so, what's next for you? What, what, do, you, what do you have in front of you? I just want to do more directing and um, just more, I mean, it's more the same, really. It feels like an opportunity to get a bigger license to do more of the same, which is like, you know, if you win an Oscar, it's like, it's fantastic. And you, you've won a, a one of the highest prizes you can win in, in filmmaking. And that can lead to directing longer form and writing longer form, yeah. what you're doing yeah. it for. So um, well, you'll be sought out for that now. It's like, oh, Emmy winning. It's going to be Oscar, but right now Oscar nominated. <laughs> it also takes some of the pressure off, you know, like even just, like being nominated you're like oh that's cool that'll that's a thing no one can take away from you and yeah it's it's, uh it's now a part of your branding and resume and it's um it's really remarkable you just you won't shut up i mean i know you're never going to shut up about that (laughs) he's not you danny that's true (laughs) in many ways he's not me Uh, Okay, we're going to get to the point in this show because I know you're a busy man. We're going to talk about what we want. Before we get to that, because I'll I'll plug it twice, is there a place that, because people have asked me this, is there a place we can see your movie right now? There isn't right this second outside of, you know, one of our screenings or getting it from me. Uh Um, But we are in talks with some distributors that are very close to being done. Good. And so it'll be, it's looking like it'll be out somewhere next month. Like, okay, Because I think everyone needs to see this and we've been fortunate enough to get yeah. <laughs> the friend and, link and, <laughs> and get to watch it. But God, you turned into something. What did you <laughs> time? Like you actually became somebody. Yeah, I can finally read, you know how many people I've like said, yeah, I'll be your white friend and then nothing. <laughs> and you let you down. Yeah, you never let me down. The giant son I wish I had. What's, uh, what's something though, Trayvon, that you've, that you've seen outside of your own work that recently that you, that has impacted you or that you really liked? Like comedy, drama? Drama, documentary. 
anything. Um, I I really loved Sandamento and Minari. I, I really loved this this season. Yeah, I really enjoyed. There's a there's a short that was on the short list on Disney Plus called Out that I really. Oh loved. yeah, I watched that. It was fantastic. The uh, cartoon. Yeah, I mean the. The other, there's another short that's that's on that's nominated called "If Anything Happens, I Love You." That was really, really good. Yeah, actually, uh, uh, you know Jamie Lemons, who's uh, you, I think you met her at my birthday party. She's like Laura Dern's producing partner. They, yeah. she had a hand in doing that, and that was oh, they, really. Oh wow! Yeah, I mean that's yeah, yeah. A, a really powerful short. Um, Very. What else have I watched? Documentary-wise, um, I. I just watched the Biggie documentary on Netflix, which I which I enjoyed. I watched um, the Pele doc, which I love a good uh, a good a good like, sports doc. Good sports doc. doc. Yeah, yeah. What else have I been watching? I mean, I think the the best thing I've seen in a long time that hasn't that didn't get any respect from the Globes was a uh, Michaela Cole show. So um, good. I just finished it. Was so good. It was so good. I just finished it. It was like, I, I remember watching the first one. I was like trying to get into the pacing of it. I was trying to hear the volume and, and somebody said, stick with it. And hold, what a, I mean, and then I went back and I watched her first one, uh, Chewing Gum. Yeah, Chewing Gum. Chewing Gum yeah. is bananas. It's so funny too. Yeah. You had that same kind of Phoebe Waller-Bridge star, but that started as a, a stage show. Um, and then she turned it into a TV show. She's a, she's a genius. Super brilliant, I and, mean, and just and show completely ignored. Netflix called um, uh, Black Earth Rising. Oh, I haven't even heard of that limited series. Yeah, her and John Goodman. Oh, um, really? Really? Yes, yeah, it's, it's really good. Oh, I have to check um, that out. How about you, Jenny? What have you been watching since yeah. yesterday? Since two days ago? Uh, yeah, so it's me. Just it went two days ago. But you know what I watched last night? Just I couldn't sleep. Um, I've already seen it. It was funny. Well worth watching it again. Airplane 2, the sequel. No. Have you, like, I have, I don't, Airplane's my favorite movie. You both know. You've seen my plane photo of my house. I was like, I haven't seen that in forever. I'm going to, that shit still stands up. I got to give that credit. When you watch something old that can still stand up to this day. Yeah. I give it two thumbs up. Yeah. I watched it during the, that was one of my pandemic watches, rewatching Airplane. (laughs) I watched in a Naked Gunner that was on Netflix. I saw that they had thrown that. I'm like, I'm gonna watch that again. Still, still holds up. Oh, it's still, it's still. I remember taking with my kids. I was like, when you know, they were like, okay, you'll get these jokes. I, I put on airplane, but they were still pretty young, and I didn't realize like in the first minute, it, uh, Julie Haggerty is like, I remember when I used to sit on your face and rip. <laughs> <laughs> oh my god okay what you want it was like what i i i, I blocked out the dirty parts i guess <laughs> i'm a great dad no um, my, my dad showed me that like when i was like five or six years old yeah, he was I'm, just I'm, like i'm around that point yeah and he's like here watch this even the things i didn't get i remember like my dad would laugh so i was like <laughs> i get it too like i didn't, <laughs> i think those things though help shape you know when you become a writer or something in this industry because the earlier you're exposed to the best stuff even if it's like you don't really get it or it's like you're too young for it yeah. it has that effect. like because I was able to watch pretty much anything as a kid even though I was too yeah, there was yeah. nothing off limits to me as a yeah, kid it was me it was pretty much like and it like I it made me want to do this like it I had those memories of remembering 
the great stuff I watched that I probably like, you know, was definitely too young for, but it was, it's how you fall in love with movies and TV it's yeah. or, stuff. And it's usually like not really for kids. <laughs> I remember my, when, when Monty Python came on PBS and I was like seven, I'd watch him laugh and I was like, okay, I'm going to watch. And I, I, seven years old I understood 10% of it I knew oh well John Cleese is walking silly that's funny I knew that but like but it didn't matter I just was gonna fill in the blanks and 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 uh and and find that so I I I completely get that well what have you been watching Danny I've been more reading something which is weird since we were there but I'm like obsessed with so I was we've talked about here I don't know if you saw on Hulu um in and of itself the Derek Derek is, I know Derek. He, uh, you do? Yeah, Derek is, Derek's a good friend of mine. He's so, I, I was, I went to that show in, uh, oh, wow. when it was in LA. I saw it in LA. I, um, I he's, watched. He's to be partners with another incredible magician named Helder uh, Guarmez, who also has a show up right now. His second show during the pandemic that's at the Geffen. Highly, highly recommended. It runs through early April. They used to be partners. Their their first show, uh, Neil Patrick Harris directed together, and then they became like individuals, uh, as duos tend to do. And he, they both just make these incredible. Sh- if you love in and of itself, you'll love yeah. anything Helder does. Like, they well, are- can, you, can you tell me the name of his show and his name again? You you cut out. Oh, uh, Helder Guermas. I forget, his new show. I think is called. The future. I'll send you the link to it. Yeah, um, definitely, and we'll put it on the. We'll you'll, it on the thing. you'll really enjoy but, it. I, yeah, I've been impressed with it. I watched. I, I watched that twice, and it's like affected me in a very deep way. But then I got his book, A Moral Man. Yeah. And I have. I, I like. I can't wait. I'm going to finish it tonight. It's like so good. So that's like watching it of itself. Love it, and then wa- read this book because he also happens to be a phenomenal writer. That's so funny because today, like. Four, four, like four hours ago, he texted me about the Oscars, and I said, "Don't you have a new book?" And he's like, "I do," and I was like, "Did you read the audiobook of your own book?" He's like, "I did." Um, Derek's great, man. You should, you guys should get him on here. I would, yeah, I'd love Hi. to. I'm going to tweet at him because it, he, he, I'm going to tweet about. It. I'm going to do a, a, a very. I was going to tweet about this book anyway. I already tweeted about in and of itself twice because it like moved me so much. But uh, he's no, he's right. amazing. Um, well, Trayvon. We're all pulling for you to win this thing, and if they don't, I'm burning LA down. Um, I'm gonna, I'm gonna fucking, I'm gonna wreck shop. They're gonna, yeah, I'm, but I'm uh, we're we're crazy proud of you. We can't wait to see anything you want to promote next month when Two Distant Strangers is finally available somewhere. Watch that. Um, okay, and we'll 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 keep an eye on when that is, and we'll promote. We'll make sure to post about it. Out of that. And, But I just, I can't congratulate you enough. I mean, I'm really just so happy for you and it's so well-deserved. Thank you guys. Thank you so much. Yeah, we we love you so much. I love love you guys so, so much. I love you a little bit more now. I'm going to be honest um, (laughs) than when, than originally. Danny's going to start asking you for favors and shit. What? You guys got your vaccines yet? You guys should come over for dinner. Yeah, I got my first one. I'm about to get mine. uh, I'm getting that Johnson and Johnson one. Johnson yeah. and Johnson and Johnson. JJ, JJ. I'm going to get that. <laughs> Keeping it on brand. Single yeah. shot. Yeah. I feel like that it felt, it felt a little like they just assumed that's what I wanted, but I kind of, 
I just want the single shot, one and done. Right. I wish I had that. I got to go for my second one next week. But um, anyway, everybody be healthy. Trayvon, you're the best. Thanks for returning. I know you got a lot to do. This is the world of us that you did this. Anytime. Yeah. Right. Appreciate Jenny. it. Bye, Daddy. This episode is sponsored by Blue Chew. Yeah. You know, let's talk about something we could all use more of right now. Sex, great sex. Now, you should know that's not my copy. That's what they wrote. But I do agree with it in principle. I think we can all use great sex. And sometimes a fella needs a little help there. And what's better than Blue Chew? I mean, you can now increase your performance, get that extra confidence in bed. (laughs) BlueChew.com. That's blue like the color blue. And Blue Chew brings you the first chewable with the same FDA-approved active ingredients as Viagra and Cialis. You can take them anytime, day or night, even on a full stomach. Danny, you had a big meal. Yeah. It's totally cool. Well, because, you know, you go out to dinner with somebody and you're eating and maybe you're having like oysters or tacos. um, Or ravioli. Or raviolis. And so you're full. And now what am I going to do? I want to perform. Can I take it on a full stomach? I can. But Danny, do you ever worry that you're taking something that's not made in the USA? Constantly. But this... This Let me, USA. I'm tell you, USA all the way. It's prescribed online by licensed physicians. So you don't have to go to the doctor, wait in line. And it's even cheaper than a pharmacy. And they prepare and ship it right to you in a discreet package. I know that that's a big thing for you. You're tired yeah. of getting. No, like, all of my, a, you know, all of my other weird ointments that come in and it's marked and it's like anal fissure cream uh-huh. and everybody sees it. This is discreet. It looks like you're getting a book. Oh, that's great. That's so you don't great. even have to leave the house. And right now we've got a special deal for our listeners. Visit bluechew.com and get your first shipment free when you use our promo code, the special code Danny, D-A-N-N-Y. I'm so proud. My oh, name is I'm so code. jealous. Just pay $5 in shipping. Again, that's blue com. promo code Danny to try it free. Blue Chew is a better, cheaper choice, and we thank them for sponsoring the Doing It with Danny Zucker and Jenny Johnson podcast. Yes. And remember, when you support our sponsors, you help make this podcast possible. So please be sure to use promo code Danny at bluechew.com.